Oof. Cool off with a Budweiser, the king of beers. When's the last time you had a Budweiser? A Budweiser. Ooh, it's been a minute. Uh, a couple years. Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I'd say a couple years. It's not like not my go-to. If I'm gonna have some beers, I'm pro- I'm not reaching for a Bud Heavy. You know, that's not. It's fine. Todd outside, or if you're at the baseball game, or playing beer pong, or whatever, that's fine. But otherwise, I don't know. It's a little bit of a waste of your time. What about you? When was the last time you had one? <laughs> Never. <laughs> How long do you think it's going to be until you start taking steroids? Let's get down to brass taxes. Uh, two months. Two months. You are surprised. You already are. Does being in a mini cut make you just want to take some wild fat burner and just rip through it so you can get back to eating as, as much as you can, as fast as you can? Uh, kind of. Other, other than like that I like am kind of ripping through it, um, but it's not very enjoyable to not really eat that much. Do you want to tell all six people what a mini cut is in case they didn't listen to that episode? Have we done an episode about mini cuts? Uh, I think we talked about like recent resensitization and like maybe a mini cut in that. We talked about having marbles in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mini cut is like exactly what it sounds like. It's a cut, so you're in a deficit, but not for quite as long. So uh, maybe between like two and six weeks on the long end um but of much more intense dieting so a much deeper deficit than you usually would for your standard cut or fat loss phase uh so the purpose being usually in between uh two mass phases so you can cut some of the fat off and take some more runway uh for the next mass phase so that way you're not just getting fatter and fatter and fatter and your significant other is less and less interested um (laughs) to get them re-interested in you for a little bit so yeah so essentially a couple weeks of super intense dieting um to bring you back down to a little bit of a leaner state um in terms of aesthetics and then also there's some evidence that it shows that you can you have the potential to put on more mass effectively the leaner if you start from a leaner point yeah so it's it definitely like you said it's an advanced tactic because it can create some pretty big problems if you're not ready for it and not a fairly disciplined eater uh, with some fairly codified goals. So it's not something if like if you would just want to generally lose weight um, and be leaner to stay, it is not the thing to do. Uh, that would be like a, a regular cut or a, a mega cut you could think of it as, which would be longer, slower, maybe involve losing more pounds. Uh, mini cuts are pretty fast. Two to two to six weeks, uh, with a pretty steep caloric deficit, and the whole goal is to basically rocket ship you back into uh, massing, to so to make you super hungry, which it does, because uh, it's so such a steep drop in your food intake, so that you can get right back into massing. Uh, but just like Bryce said, to clear some more runway, literally, like like physically, so you're less fat, but also mentally, so you're like ready to eat a lot of food again, because it obviously. And I'll let you answer this because you're doing it right now. Uh, it, I would assume it makes you appreciate uh, the high days. Yeah, it's definitely it's like such a different 
it's a complete mindset change um, in terms of like you don't even really think about like your next meal or like how you're going to structure stuff into it to get the most out of it like you're just like yeah rice and, and chicken and when you're massing yeah when you're massing or you can just grab a couple pieces of fruit and you're like perfect ready to go um, whereas when you're cutting or especially in a mini cut you have to be a little bit more thoughtful in terms of your food choices because otherwise uh, you might be in a pretty rough spot right so if your meal is only 20 grams of carbs and you have that in rice that's not going to be super satiating for a long time um, obviously depending on how big you are I guess if you're like 300 pounds and jacked your mini cut might you still might be able to have a lot of rice but um so yeah i'd say it's a big mindset shift and uh you just have to be i find myself being a little bit more calculated in terms of um choices and then also like just going through my day and sometimes um managing when i know i'm going to be a little bit more hungry so in the second half of the day i'm generally hungrier so maybe i'll save some of the fat from my first couple meals so then i can quote-unquote treat myself to like some peanut butter at the end of the night or something like that so it's a little bit more uh calculated and less just like reckless or you're like yeah rice can i can eat a bunch of rice like go for it you still can eat rice you're definitely allowed on the mini cut but you're gonna pay a real hard price but there's another side to that too right so you can't eat a whole lot of rice rice isn't super filling and you're hungry 15 minutes later and there's three and a half hours till you eat again uh, so the, the move, one would often think, is just to eat things that aren't calorically dense, like vegetables, specifically things like cabbage. And you can eat a lot of cabbage for not a lot of carbs, but there's a price to pay for that. And it's basically that your stomach looks like it has a basketball inside of it, and you're jet propelled for the next 36 hours. Yeah, I think in the last times that you and I have done either a mini cut or a fat loss phase it's kind of just been like as much broccoli and and cauliflower and green oh, yeah. beans and brussels sprouts and cabbages you can get in because you can eat as much as you want basically um but it's been an interesting thing this time around that I've been trying to mitigate as much as I can that effect of like just like you can eat a ton of broccoli so that's all I'm going to eat for you know you're going to have broccoli three times in a day and it's going to be a lot of broccoli each time wreak havoc on your GI um so it's been interesting to try to play around with some methods to try to avoid that but still um get a decent amount of volumes volume in so green beans work pretty well for me uh spinach works really well and then like shredded lettuce because it's just like a volume filler. It's not it's not super satiating, but it tricks you for a little while. What do you do post-workout? Um, so my post-workout meal is still relatively high in carb. Not not comparative to when I'm massing. but So give the people a sense of what the difference was so they can understand. Uh, so massing at the end was 140 grams of carbs. In that meal? In that meal. Whereas now my like workout days are 140 grams of carbs over the cor- the whole day, um, so post workout massing was 140 grams of carbs. Now it's 50, um, so generally I'll go 
uh, chicken or steak or white fish and then um, spinach that I kind of wilt in a pan and then shredded lettuce and white rice. Um, even though I just said white rice isn't a great option, it works for that because it's hard to put fill 50 grams of carbs in X broccoli or spinach. Yeah. Um, so that's just an easy way to throw that in and it kind of tricks me into thinking that it's like a semi-enjoyable meal compared to the the rest of them. You know what I mean? If I'm having if the two other meals surrounding that meal are uh, like vegetable based, it's nice to have like a little hit of white rice. Yeah, yeah, definitely still nice. Uh, another th- element you can look at, or someone could look at, for any kind of fat loss phase where you're in a deficit. First of all, is the understanding that you're going to be hungry. Right, like, so I think sometimes people forget that. Like, well, I had a little snack in between my meals because I was hungry. I was like, yeah, well, you're supposed to be hungry. You're losing fat. Like, you're in a deficit. We're purposely starving you a little bit. You're gonna get hungry. Uh, If you're not, something's something's wrong. Uh, But the other thing is to find uh, things like that that aren't calorically dense, but that are pretty easy on your GI. So green beans is a really good option. If you like asparagus, I think that's a really good option. Uh, but it's it's person to person. Like so, I know people who can eat things like cabbage, uh, cruciferous vegetables. So cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, that kind of stuff. Um, and it doesn't bother their GI at all. And then you have other people who get who get a ton of gas, a ton of bloating, and it's pretty uncomfortable for them to the point where they don't really want to eat that stuff. Uh, so it's just finding finding what works for you, so you can get through the diet and get through your days without without being ravenous all the time so what's the point we kind of talked about it to potentiate further gain in terms of a mini cut but what's the what's the ultimate goal with it for you right so why not just take a longer cut drop down it doesn't have to be as extreme in terms of a deficit all that stuff why why do this and what's what what happens after that and then after that and then after that uh, well, kind of like I said initially, like the immediate goals are like to not get continually fatter. Um, just in terms, not that I was like looking super obese at the end of massing, but um, just in order to keep the people that matter pleased and then also, you know, yourself. You don't want to always look in the mirror and be like, yeah, Jesus, you look awful. And then it's going to be another, you're going to just continue to look awful for another like four months. Um, so that's like the, the simple answer. Uh, the more long-term answer is that to potentiate more gains, like you said, but that can be accomplished by a normal fat loss phase. But my goal is to put on as much muscle as possible. So if I'm getting to the same place in three weeks, as opposed to nine with a normal fat loss phase, that's a little slower. That's six weeks that I could be in a surplus otherwise. You know what I mean? So if I'm getting back down to 167 now in three weeks and it kind of sucks or taking nine weeks to do it um, and it's a little bit more gradual and not maybe as intense, that's still six weeks of time that I could be in a surplus to put on more muscle. Uh, So that's one way I guess you could look at it. Um, The other way is that I don't, I'm not so big and fat that it takes me that long to do it. Like I've already... I'm like halfway to the point that I need to be and I've, it's only been a week and I still have two more weeks left. Um, 
so I guess if you're maybe a larger individual or you uh, are like a professional bodybuilder, maybe it's a different extent because you can't drop tons of fat super quickly without losing muscle. Um, but I guess maybe if you're a little smaller, it works a little better. I say I think it works about about the same for everybody. I think it just takes an understanding of uh, how you have to train. Like, so there's more to it than just not eating a lot and throwing yourself in a big deficit. Uh, the other element of a mini cut is resensitizing your musculature, your body, to another productive whole block. So up to three, maybe even four mesocycles of hypertrophy training. So they're doing that too. So it's also, it happens to be a low volume phase where you're only doing basically enough enough work to make sure you don't lose muscle. So what we would call is holding your muscles at maintenance volume, which is a little bit higher because you're in a deficit. So if you're not eating, uh, if you're eating in a caloric deficit, that, that point is a little bit higher than if you're not. But so you basically figure out where that is, train at that level until you're at the level of body fat that you want, take a deload, and then start masking again. So you hit the nail on the head. So the whole goal is to be, for you, in a state of being hypercaloric or massing. So eating more extra calories for as long as you can so you can put on as much muscle as you possibly can over time. The reality is you can't put on muscle if you're not in a surplus. And being in a surplus makes you progressively chubbier. And so we have to take these little breaks and I, I'm doing the same thing I just got chubby to the extent where like I'm beyond I've run up a couple mini cuts already and now I need to do a more extended cut get further down get leaner clear out hopefully like more than a year of runway and then of in terms of massing and then start again so that brings us that's kind of like short term right so mini cutting for you is short term, right? Take it up from maybe about 180-ish to about 165, 167. Preserve all the muscle you just built in your last block of training and then reload and build more, right? And then climb up. And this next time, maybe get up to 183, 184, just start getting higher and higher and higher. That's short term. How does that fit into like your medium and long term Plan Because I think this is something we haven't talked a whole lot about. We talk about like kind of near term or really, really long. Like you want to be healthy for the rest of your life. But we don't talk about like thinking about your 6, 9, 12-month plan. So tell the people a little bit about that and how this fits in. If this is like a this is like a one-month plan, what, what happens after that? I think the, the, the medium length, so maybe from like two months out to a couple years is to just get effectively as big as I can or like try to get as close to my genetic limit as possible. Um, so obviously everyone has a limit genetically that they can put on so much muscle or get so fast or jump so high or do whatever, um, without performance enhancers. Uh, so I think I just out of like the own, sports scientist part of me want to see like how where where that is like how far you can just naturally take yourself um so in the next couple years it's essentially to rinse and repeat the process that i've been doing in terms of spend as much time in the surplus training super hard and then 
cut the fat off and then do it again. Um, and then I guess the longer term goal or longer term plan is to eventually do a show. Um, but I don't have any like show on the, you know, show planned or this year or this time or this, whatever. Um, it's just something that I think I would like to do eventually. Um, and it would be kind of a fun experience and see how things go. Um, but I am more focused on just the process now because I think either way, whether I compete or don't, or whenever I compete, I just want to be like meet that genetic potential and look as good as possible. Like, I think the goal for both of us or the three of us when Amanda's here, or maybe the majority of our listeners and our client are to be a type of person that someone looks at you in the grocery store and they think either, wow, that person's super jacked. Wow. That person must, you know, they obviously work out. They look great. Um, whatever extent of that spectrum it may be, I think all of us want to be kind of that to that point. So I think the simplest goal is to just get, continue to get bigger and look better or look more muscular. You know what I mean? To be like kind of the guy at the pool or the guy at the beach that looks uh, the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably resonates with most, most people if they're honest with themselves. That's what you're looking for. And yeah, it's interesting because that can take a competitive turn. Physique sport is interesting because it's something that takes time. So you've obviously competed in many different sports, as have I. But if we look specifically at you, you've competed in sports where you basically can jump into whatever competitive outlet it has pretty quickly, right? So uh, soccer, you play soccer games. Wrestling, you even if you're new to wrestling, you practice for a couple months and then you start wrestling in matches. Or weeks. Yeah, or, or like a couple a weeks. Yeah. yeah. It takes you some time to get good at it, but it's actually, like, some people just are good at it right out of the gate. Uh, rowing, you you learn it and then practice it, and then you're in meets, you're in events. Uh, sport of fitness, CrossFit, same thing, right? Like, there's not really any barrier to entry. Powerlifting, same thing. Like, you already have it. You already know how to squat and bench and deadlift. You're already pretty strong. Sign up for a meet and do it. it. Physique sport is fundamentally different because you actually can um, get into it quickly. Like there's no barrier to entry. You just pay the money to do the competition, show up at the competition, get your tan, you know, you have your posing suit and you just do it. The issue is um, in most of the classes – it ta- to actually look like you should maybe be there, it takes time. Yeah, I think that's the thing is it's like I could, you know, go through a fat loss phase now and, and sign up for a show in like, you know, April and do it. Um, but I don't think I would really be like satisfied with the look. Or even if I, I think that's the biggest thing is as much of it is like you're going to win and beat other people. It's like being satisfied with the look. And I would want to fit the whatever class or division that I do and be feel like look at the shots and be like, okay, I feel like I fit that or I've liked my look there. Whereas like now I don't think I, it's like, yeah, you could do it, but it's not like, you know, you would get outsized or like, I wouldn't be satisfied with, with the look that I would come with. 
I think the thing too that always what I always think about, especially if you're not going to use performance enhancers, is going and looking like a skinned rabbit. Right. Right. The reality with natural bodybuilding is it looks fundamentally very different from enhanced bodybuilding, and oftentimes you know you have to diet down to a certain extent that that uh, people on stage aren't terribly physically impressive in terms of their muscularity. In terms of their leanness, they definitely are. And the amount of dedication and suffering and time that that takes is extremely impressive. Um, But they just look like regular people. And other than pushing yourself to, like, your physiological limit, I'm not sure how much appeal that has, at least for me. Like, to look like I'm just... I've starved myself, basically. Right. I think I think a lot of people can like resonate with that, but I think then it's like the like inherent danger and health risks and consequences of taking PEDs and anabolic steroids and stuff like that is it's there's so many potential negatives that it's it's hard to then just be like okay, I'm going to be natural until I'm 23 and then I'm going to get on stuff because there's there's lifelong consequences but then it's also like well you don't really want to do a show and be the only natural guy and look like one not be satisfied with your own look and two get completely outsized by everyone no not for lack of effort but just because they're playing a different game yeah yeah it's an interesting sport in that way like it, uh, it is about yourself and presenting your best look and finding the best version of yourself and this is where it ties into people who have no competitive aspirations either in physique sport or in anything and just want to – they're chasing their own best version. They're chasing their own best look, if you will, is it's not any different. It seems like it's different, but it's actually not different at all. It's just how – what your outlet looks like and what your timeline is and what that looks like to you. And so – the thing I think to think about, the takeaway, is that all this stuff takes time. Like, we want everything yesterday. And the reality is, is it takes time. It takes time and consistency and eating and actually controlling your nutrition to put on muscle unless you're just starting. It takes time to, to go through that process that we, where I was articulating of getting chubbier leaning out and starting all over again. And the reality is like neither of us right now look very good. Like neither of us are in a spot where you're like it's it's getting to be winter time but like where you're in a big hurry to take your shirt off cuz you're you've just spent 4 months purposely overeating in a controlled way but the, the coming out of that you don't present your best look. Like you don't actually look very good. Uh, and you have to cut it all off and see what's underneath basically figure out how if and how you screwed it up or what you're going to do better next time and then start over. So it's this huge long delayed gratification thing. And even if that isn't your goal, it's important I think to understand that this stuff isn't immediate. It's not flip the switch, pay the money, show up at the gym and everything starts falling into place. It takes time. I think so two things. One what you were saying in terms of like neither of us look great and everything it's like kind of an interesting sport or an interesting horrible right now an interesting thing that like you are chasing a look but you're not going to look close to that for the majority of the chase yeah you know what i mean like at the end of this mini cut there's like there's like a 
two or three week stretch where I'll like essentially hold that look and look good. And then it's four months of not. You purposely get rid of the look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I was thinking about, so people who don't have any competitive aspiration, but just want to look good and be healthy and get stronger and whatever, like the majority of our clients, um, I think sometimes it's hard to see the immediate changes in your body composition um, whether you're putting on more muscle or losing fat because it's you see yourself in the mirror every single day um, and it's such a long slow process that it's hard to see okay like I started doing hack squats last week and I can already see my quads are bigger like my I have more sweep off the hip and it's like <laughs> that doesn't it doesn't work like that unfortunately um, so I think the kind of the way to go and I think it happens to us a lot is you can see pictures from or videos from a couple months ago or a couple years ago um and then you can kind of see the difference whether that be yeah i got i was thought i was lean there but i actually wasn't or i like thought i carried a decent amount of muscle now but now i'm 20 pounds heavier and i'm as lean and it looks completely different on my frame but you get so caught up in seeing yourself every day or you know how you looked for the past month or so that you don't realize like oh I actually did put on a lot of size here a lot of size there in in a pretty short amount of time right like a couple years is a drop in the bucket in terms of if you're going to be working out for 60 years you know what I mean like I think that's lost on a lot of people as they want things immediately or they're like I you know i used to be able to squat this and then I was out of the gym for a little while and I can't do it anymore. It's like, well, it's not, it's not this like immediate thing and it, and training is forever, right? In theory, you're going to do it forever. So it's like the three months that you can't do it is a drop in the bucket compared to the 40 years that you're going to continue to do it. Yeah. It's really, it can be really hard in the moment to understand how and whether you're changing, whether you're improving, and sometimes it takes someone else to tell you. And obviously we do that a lot with the people with whom we work, but you've done it to me, right? Because in the moment, you don't, you're not really sure. You're like, ah, I think I'm getting stronger. I don't know. I feel like I still have that garbage. <laughs> you know? Just whatever. Uh, and then it takes somebody else to be like, yeah, you actually look bigger now or yeah like I was I saw an old video and you're actually doing significantly more now and it looks better even in not that long like from like February there's videos and pictures of you and like I think you look markedly bigger stronger and it, that's not a long time like that's oh, whatever eight months yeah I think that maybe the the takeaway because like who cares if you're listening like what I look like right who ca- it doesn't make any difference to you but the thing to think about is how that relates is that it's a bonus. Like that happening is actually just a bonus because I enjoy what we do. Like I like going to the gym and just pushing myself and exercising and figuring out what I'm doing wrong, which is always something, and trying to fix that. And the bonus is that you improve over time. Like the reality is I'm not going to be a professional bodybuilder. I'm not going to be a professional powerlifter. None of that's going to happen, period. It's not the point. The point is I'm going to see if I can find my potential at this moment in my life. 
and I'm going to just chase it for the fun of chasing it. Just like you can race cars on the weekend or you can race bicycles or you can build birdhouses. But you just do it for the fun of doing it. There's not actually any uh, payoff. The payoff is just the journey. And that's something that everybody can do regardless of whether you want to be competitive or something or whether you just want to be whether you want to just find that in yourself. You find a chisel away it and see what you, what's under there. So something to think about, short, medium, and long-term goals, mini cuts. What else do you want to tell the people? PEDs, the king of um, beers. The sugar-free jello pudding hack. Oh, yeah, because I tried to make it with almond milk and it didn't work. Yeah. So how? What? what tell the people. Well, what happened? I, so it tells you to use, like, skim milk. Uh, like three cups or whatever in the whole package. But I thought like, first of all, I don't have skim milk. Right. Problem number one. Uh, second of all, I didn't want to make the six serving thing. I thought that was a little excessive. So I was like, well, I'll try it with almond milk and I'm not going to make the whole thing. So I like tried it. I poured some of it in. It wasn't really working. So I just put more mix in and then it worked. So you just have to find... I can't tell you what the ratio is. I have, like, zero clue. <laughs> Figure it out. It could be, like... It could have been, like, half of the carton of almond milk. It could have been a cup. I have zero clue. Uh, but it worked, so you just have to add a little bit more until you get there. Um, so that's, like, essentially calorie-free. There's, like, maybe 30 calories per... I don't know. I don't, you have to, have to look at the thing. But when you're in a mini-cut... It's a nice little treat, maybe with some strawberries. Ooh. Then you're and then and then you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, so I think we've already we've already done like a diet hacks episode. So just go yeah. back and listen to that if you want to listen to Amanda hit you with like the small use a small spoon, use a small bowl. She gets so mad if I give her a big spoon. She likes I still small spoons. I, I'm still using a big spoon, and I don't yeah, yeah, like it's good for good for yeah. shoveling. Uh, uh, what's your favorite uh, protein thing to have? Uh, you can't pick chicken. At this moment or in general? Like uh, if, I had, if there was only one forever. Good question. I will go in, in general, right? Because not everybody's on a mini cut right now. Um, probably ground turkey or steak. Because like ground turkey is pretty versatile. Like even if you make patty it into turkey burgers, you can still, you can turn that around into a lot of stuff. So I'd say that. And it's like depending on what level of leanness you can, you can make it, to where there's not really any fat, or you can make it so the fat fix fits, whatever you're having. Fits your thing. Yeah. I'm gonna say just globally taco meat. I really like salmon. I could eat salmon every day. I could rob the seas of salmon, and steak. I really like taco meat though. Just as like a baseline, any it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's bison, ground chicken, ground turkey, ground beef. It's all great. You smoke some of the Kroger taco seasoning in there. It's like 35 cents a pack. Oh my god, unbelievable. Mix that with whatever, and you're living. Regardless of dietary phase. True. Unbelievable. All right, do we have any other Treats we want to give the people. Halloween's coming up. It is coming up. What are you going to... Are you just going to not eat candy? 
I don't really like can't like I don't. You're not. It's not. I mean, like, Grandma of course sent me a Heath bar. Oh, how nice. Um, but like I don't know. Maybe like after I'll have a Reese's like after the mini cuts over, which it'll just be another week after Halloween. But I'm I'm not like even if I was massing during Halloween, I wouldn't really like. I don't really care about Halloween or candy, so. I don't care until I start to have some. Yeah, well, you get like a Reese's cup. You have you one, want, and then you have like, one. And then you're just like, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then all you want to do is eat more. Uh, but if I don't have them, it's like kind of like they don't exist. Yeah. Whatever. Then you're back at living the high life. You'll be massing again in no time. Next podcast, you might be massing. Maybe. Just, just Rick Reisman. Yeah. That's the that's the demoralizing thing. I had to make brown rice. Gets you um, a little more volume. Yeah, but when you're so used to like just scooping massive amount, like basically closing your eyes until the bowl's full, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I'm probably getting close. Um, to like you actually have to measure it out, and then you're like, that's that's not a lot. I started to use those big white bowls. They're yeah. so fun because mm-hmm. there was too much rice to yeah. fit into even the big glass bowl, and that those times have gone. That's over for now. There's no no need for the white bowl when you're barely eating any. Yeah, you get so used to it. And then you have like the reality check of maintenance or mini cut. And then you remember that normal, like you don't, you're not really supposed to eat a pound of rice at a time. I mean, you like you are and it's stretched, but most normal people don't do that. If you want to get more muscular, you yeah. definitely are. Yeah. It's a little bit of a shame. We're missing the rice. We were going through a good amount of rice for a while, but and potatoes. Yo, we were ripping through potatoes. Not so much now, though. Back to back to reality for a little bit. It's feast or famine here at dinner time. We're we're down to we're down to famine for a little bit, and then we'll be back to feasting. All right. If you have questions that you want us to talk about, like mini cuts, or like what we think is the best thing to do. Uh, for massing in terms of exercises, which I'll give you the answer to that right now. There is no best thing. It just depends on you. But if you have like actual questions that you think we should talk about on the podcast, go ahead and slide into the DMs on our Instagram, The Aerobic Power Builder. Easy to find. Handsome pictures of handsome people. DMs uh, are always open. DMs are always open for whatever you need. You know what I mean? Like whatever you need. Just go ahead and fire <laughs> a DM in there and we'll figure it out. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And uh, yeah, if you have a good idea, we'll put it on the podcast and go from there. If not, that's okay. Just keep listening. We'll keep talking. We'll see you next time.